Welcome to Soul Chat, the conversation with your soul. I am your host, Ebony Titora from Queens Recognize Queens. It is my passion and my purpose to express not only my fullest potential, but to give you some powerful tools that allow you to step into the queen that you are. With Sunday Soul Chat, I look forward to weekly taking you on a journey of deeper thought and conversation by bringing you thought-provoking conversations that require you to look a little deeper than the surface. I will bring you powerful people who can share powerful tools to assist you in unleashing your fullest potential as queen. Hey, you guys, thank you for joining me for another episode of Soul Chat. As you know, I am your host, Ebony Tatora from Queens Recognize Queens. And part of Soul, Soul <laughs> excuse my words today, part of Soul Chat is to really move you past the basic conversations that you have every day. And my goal is to really speak to your soul. And I do that by bringing you powerful people who can offer you powerful tools of growth so that you can continue to grow and know that life is just a lesson. It's a blessing. And we're just here to, th to grow and to thrive. And hopefully I can get my words together today and I'm not talking um, a little bit faster than what my brain is going. But I have an amazing guest with me here today. Her name is Rasath. And we're going to be talking a little bit about um, women empowerment, growth, some of her best lessons for 2018. Because I don't know about you guys, but 2018 has been quite the year. Um, and I just want to tell you a little bit about her. So she has a bachelor's in psychology, as well as a master's in education. Um, she is a life coach, a certified life coach with over 15 years of experience in the service in industry. Um, she is driven to be an example of perseverance in the face of adversity, learning to master her emotions and create her own reality knowing that silence and shutting out the noise in your head to move forward with her dreams is how we really accomplish a fulfilling life which i think also you guys please remember that changes at different times of life and as we grow we should be fine-tuning and aligning more with who we are so um pika which we also call you <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Ebony. I'm glad to be here. I'm really glad to be here. I'm glad that you're here. And we met through Crown for Success. We did. We did. We met through Crown for Success. We happened to be in the same class. Yes, which is a uh, women empowerment movement, um, as well as a platform that offers business tools, as well as life coaching tools, as well as um, women entrepreneur support. Um, with their founder, Wendy Porter. So it's just been a blessing to really meet through there and stay in contact and um, just see each other grow, see each other grow and glow. Um, so I read your bio a little bit, but I want you to tell us who, who are you? Who, who are you? Because I think as people, we're always changing and bios are just those fluffy ways to describe yourself. Um, but at the end of the day, there's the core of who we really are. 
or at least who were. Yeah, and I think we had a, a had a conversation about this just recently. Um, the bio, unfortunately, is all of my accomplishments to date and how I see myself. But on a daily basis, I mean, that changes, right? I'm a mom first. Um, outside of that, I really believe love can heal everything. I really believe that um, to be authentic is probably the easiest way to live your life. You really cut through a lot of nonsense that is that just kind of slows you down on your path we were talking about that too like you know certain things certain lessons could have been faster if we had just listened to what it is that our our soul is telling us mm -hmm. and um for me it's it's been a big journey about emotions i know that if i can understand where I'm, my emotions are coming from um it will help me to better identify what's going on really and then move forward with that lesson. I think the only reason I even chose to study psychology is because I had a rough growing up. Um, not to say that I was, you know, poor or um, difficult in, in a way where we didn't have the means to a good education. I definitely did. But there were some things in my family and some situations that I lived through that I didn't understand why it was happening to me or why um, why people could behave in such a way. So that's that's part of the reason I chose psychology. And as a result, it was like, um, every experience after that education piece has kind of reiterated my my power of observation, the way that I can actually sit down and speak to someone and really feel what they feel and then help them understand why they feel that way, why that particular situation still triggers them or makes them upset. So those are the kinds of things that, that are paramount for me. Those are the things that I talk to my daughter about. Um, I want her to understand her emotions because once you kind of understand where all that comes from, it makes life a little bit easier, I feel like. For sure, which touches on, for those of you that haven't looked into this topic, there's de definitely many different topics that I think in the life coaching field and the healing field and the um, psychology field that help us cope and manage and understand, um, but it would be emotional intelligence, right? Yes, Your absolutely. Yeah, so definitely for those of you listening, check that out. Um, and definitely we'll give you her Instagram and Facebook at the end of this so you can check out her page and just the amazing, powerful things that she shares on a daily basis. Um, and I just want to hear a little bit about, because we've I've had you on a Sunday Soul Chat in the beginning of the year. Yes, you have. Which is amazing to bring that full circle and have you here mm -hmm. closing out the year um, and going into an amazing new 2019. But um, just tell me a little bit about how you grew up, because I think, I know I remember you saying you had an influence of a mentor. Um, yeah, so um, the, the very simple version of it is I was born in Singapore. I've moved around the world. Um, and no, it wasn't an army brat situation. My dad just, you know, liked to travel. So wherever we ended up, it wasn't like visiting for a little while. We actually ended up staying. So I got to really experience different cultures. So I've lived um, from Singapore. I went to London, London to Australia, to Indonesia, to the U.S. And the U.S. by far um, uh, was the longest amount of time that I spent anywhere. I was there for about 20 years. So I lived in Virginia. I finished out high school, uh, university, got married, um, had kids, worked, all of that stuff. So I was able to move around really observe different cultures, really try to understand, like, after after the fact, obviously, you know, why people are the way they are. And then the fact that I was able to move to a place called Yogaville in Virginia um, to uh, a spiritual leader and guru 
who has been a part of my family since I was little, but I've been very blessed to, to kind of grow up in his presence and have that very calming effect that he had to, uh, to teach me more about yoga, to teach me more about um, karma and giving back and really living from a place of love, to, to teach and to live and to be an example of love in every facet of my life. So that's been like a, um, a guiding mantra, I guess, just to, to love all, to serve all. There is no color, create, creed, race, nothing. Um, it's just love and love is so healing. And I think we forget all of that. We, we forget to love ourselves. We forget to, to, to see people and understand that if they happen to be cranky or in a, you know, crap mood and, and giving it to everybody else that they probably need some love. Um, something that I've always tried to remind myself is, is when a child feels the most unlovable is when they need it the most. So the same thing goes for adults as well. That's something I've been trying really hard to, to emulate as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that so much. And of course, this is soul chat. <laughs> so as you're talking, I'm thinking um, just one of the greatest lessons and just transformations I've had just in life is being able to look at life from a soul perspective. Yeah. Being able to look through the eyes of the soul and not the eyes of your experiences, not the eyes of what the news says, not the eyes of, well, Pika's um, from Singapore, I'm from here, they're black, I'm white, because at the end of the day, we don't, that doesn't exist at a soulful level. It's just not. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It's all love at a soulful level. Everything else is like material. It's all ego, right? (laughs) Yeah, so I think that's just so amazing. And I think it's a blessing that, you know, we can have these different influences in our life at such young ages. And I know that just being young, you don't get, you don't know the impact sometimes until your mindset is 2020. Yep. And you're like, wow, that's just amazing that I had that. And that's kind of what makes me different. And that's what makes me unique. Um, And just to hear what you said, you lived in Yogaville. Yeah, Yogaville is in the middle of Buckingham County, and um, it is private property. And uh, for anyone around the U.S., there are integral yoga institutes all over the U.S., but this is kind of like the hub. Uh, Yogaville is um, a community where all religions and all races are accepted. There is an all-faiths hall where if you were to walk in, it's almost like a temple for every religion. If you walk in there, there is a pedestal for every religion with every holy scripture from each of those religions. And the, the interesting thing is they're open to a page where it really does show you everything that they talk about is normally about love and light. Mm-hmm. Share the love, share the light, you know, uh, walk in the light, all these things. And it really does remind you that they're all telling you the same thing. Their, their slogan is the truth is one, the paths are many. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's all religion was meant to be your way of getting to the truth, your way, whatever's comfortable to you, whatever makes you feel good so that you can chase your truth. Um, And every religion says, you know, do good, be good. That's basically the underlying theme for every religion. Um, Love all, serve all. Um, If you notice someone in need, serve. If you you have it to give, give. I mean, what's, what's the harm in that? But I think a lot of us forget. A lot of us get caught up in uh the sequence of things like you have to go to church or you have to i'm sorry i said the dogma of it yeah it's like you you get caught up in the um the routine of it how you have to do things there's an order to which you have to do things and for me as long as you have a clear conscience and 
if you're going to pray, you pray with all your heart. Like you really feel it just for five seconds even. That's, that's plenty. And it really does reverberate through the universe. It really does reach those people that you needed to reach because you're doing it from a really solid place of love. That's all we actually need. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a vast thing. I think for anybody to, I think it's learning that lesson about love because it's such a grandeur thing. It's kind of like me talking about self-love. I could break it down for hours because it's not any one thing, but it's everything. Right. Yes. (laughs) Right. Yes. You're just like, what? Um, You know, and I think it's just, us learning how to really tap into what you said in the beginning, that emotional intelligence of our life lessons and what we experience and why we feel the way that we do and what place is it coming from? Is it coming from fear? Is it coming from love? Has it taught us fear or has it taught us love? And I've learned that as we, if we accept it as a love lesson, right. And I'm using love the word loosely because you know, being in any given situation, um, did you come out greater? That's, that's when I feel like you've learned in love, right? If you you went through something and you learned, I just can't trust people. Um, you know, men, there are no good men out there. You know, men are like this. That's a fear thing. Definitely. That's an ego fear thing. Right. So I think just for understanding, and I think that's why quote pages have so many likes, because I know at a soul level, we understand. Yes. But we don't apply, right? At a material level, nope. waking up every day, you're like, oh, I love my kids. And if, they, if they're acting like they need love, then I should love them. And then it's seven in the morning, right? You're, yep. you're ebony. <laughs> you're pregnant. They're not acting right. No one's listening. Everyone's crying. You know, it, it's, it's just being able to be present and in that moment and speaking to yourself and reminding yourself of what you know and applying it, right? Yeah. No one's perfect. You're not going to hit it on the head every single time. And I think I lose it like on a weekly basis, (laughs) almost by appointment. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You know what? I think that's okay. And that's also a lesson in love of loving yourself, of knowing that you're human, of knowing that as a human, you are here in this physical being and you have a physical body and you have other things that are happening, you know, while you're trying to be soul, right? Yes. Like yes. Meditation, um, you connect with, right? There's like many. Yeah. Things. And I was just going to mention that. So for meditations, right. Um, it's, it's trending right now. I'm glad it's trending. I wish it would be more than a trend and it will be eventually because, you yeah. know, with people like you and me trying to, to teach exactly what the essence of it is and everyone has their own way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it will become a better, like a, a best practices or something. Yeah. But in the meantime, um, a lot of people are saying, you know, you just need 15 minutes here. You just need 15 minutes. Here. Yes, it starts that way. Um, but if you think about it, all of these swamis and gurus that are like, you know, spiritual beings, um, they happen to resonate at that level 24 hours a day because they've made it a practice. We have to start somewhere, right? But eventually meditation is meant to be an all day kind of thing. We just got to, we got to hit pause on everything that's, you know, rushing around us so we can take a break. But eventually we should, we should be able to remain calm in all that noise, no matter what. And that's like, that's the end goal. But this is like the stepping stone to that. Thank you so much for that. I love that so much on so many levels because you're right. Everybody does teach it differently. Um, And that's the beauty of it. Just like coaching, right? Everyone has their clients and people that will, their tribe, if you will. Um, 
And I think that's where people fall short, just to tap into just that a little bit. And just in life, right? We, we, we try to learn new things. It doesn't work for us. And it's, it's knowing that in meditation, if you decided today, I'm going to meditate for, I tell people five minutes. Just mm-hmm. yourself, start somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Start somewhere. Exactly. Five minutes. Even that one minute of breathing in and out is starting somewhere. Right. And yes. we you should meditate all day. It's not the physical closing your eyes. It's what the benefits of meditation do for yes. us, which is that ability to remain calm, which is that ability to be more of a spiritual being than a f- physical being, more to be in your wisdom and your light than in your fear and in your darkness and your past and all those other your worries and your anxieties to operate more and vibe, like you said, at that level. So I love yeah. it that because sometimes it's just a small shift in okay you know uh today at work I would typically get upset when this happened and Mm -hmm. I didn't react how I normally react right Right. Monday through Thursday and then Friday you blow up but at the end of the day (laughs) it's the progress of you shifted even just a little bit right right that. And with that same analogy, if you were to think of it this way, like, okay, yeah, this person says this one thing and it pisses me off. And because I've been able to calm myself and get to a place where I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy. When you can sit in that same office and that same person says that same thing again, <laughs> and you suddenly realize that there was a pattern to them yes. because you're not reacting to it, you're observing it instead. then you know how to move around it. You know how to ignore it or whatever the case may be, or maybe they needed a little attention for something the other and you can give them to, you know, that to them as well. So it's one of those things where you get to a place where you can step back and really look at what's actually going on instead of being a part of the drama. And that's really difficult because yes, we are humans. We are feeling beings, but even then the feeling is kind of like a red flag to, you know, what should you gravitate towards and what should you kind of like try and step away from because it, it does aggravate you. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a, your, your emotions are almost like a compass to what's good for you and what's not good for you. Mm-hmm. So eventually, yeah, you pay attention, you understand your emotions and then you see where you can adjust. Like some people you can't, you can't move from. Maybe they're people that live in your house. Maybe, you know, on certain, at certain times of the day, my daughter and I will fight if she hasn't had a nap. She will, she will tell me up and down until she's blue in the face. She doesn't need a nap. I know she needs a nap, but she's not going to admit it. So what I have to do instead is I need to, I need to give her some kind of activity, which is kind of calm where she'll kind of like, you know, zone out a little bit and, and rest where she's not running around and hanging upside down or whatever the case may be. (laughs) It's just a matter of learning those patterns and then understanding what works best for you. And then just do that. Absolutely. And I think as it's funny, you brought up, being a mom and that the child situation because I think one of our greatest lessons on earth is being parents oh yeah <laughs> becomes the most challenging on so many different lesson fronts it's definitely being a parent because like you said earlier right when people display you know like when I used to work uh, nine to five and this one particular woman I would say good morning to her Mm-hmm. I am, even if you're not going to say it back. And this one day, I just, when I learned the lesson and really incorporated, learned it, not only learned it, but applied it to my soul level, mm-hmm. which is people project and people, it's not about you. 
99% of the time, what's like you said earlier, when people are in a crappy mood or they're being rude to you, 99% of the time, it's not about you, right? They have something else going on for them. Yeah. And they have their own beliefs. They have their own projections. They have their own thoughts and theories. Set of issues. Yeah. Exactly. So the more we feed into it, now we're making it about ourselves, you know, and I would say good yes. morning to her. And this one morning, she kind of just was like, mm, that's all she did. <laughs> and that was enough. <laughs> I fell out. I started laughing so hard because I'm like, and I just was listening to Les Brown the other day where he's talking about just how we can be in those moods where we're in such a bad mood that someone says good morning and you're like, it's 730. Who are you to be saying good morning to me? Right? But it's being—it was meant to be a nice thing, but okay, cool. Yeah, it's like if you're the, if you're on the receptive side. I mean, obviously, if you're the person giving the energy, check yourself, please. Um, you got you got some emotional things going on. Figure out why. You can reach out to Pika. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really, on that on that flip side, which is the receiving side, and that person who I was just being nice, I could have totally been offended, and I could have totally been like, oh, I just hate working with her. She's such a this, she's such a that. And it turns from not me look from me not looking at it that way to me having compassion for her and saying, Exactly. You also really woke up on the wrong side of the bed. <laughs> and you but what people don't realize too is that's transference. Like she's in a pissy mood. You're in a happy mood. If you choose to get offended by her pissy mood, she's giving you that pissy mood. You took it. Like I don't want that gift. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You keep that. Okay. We'll keep on yeah, going. But it's just, you know, it's just that little shift. And honestly, just going back to meditation, I know that meditation did that for me on so many levels as a leader, as being able to work with employees and tell them what to do without having this egotistical, I'm your boss and you must do what I say. And that's yeah. You know, so that's just we'll 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 definitely go live later in the year and get into some meditation. And you also have meditations. Um, I do, and that's something else I learned. Like uh, I finally put myself out there in the beginning of the year in a in a private group to do. I never thought I would do you know guided meditations, and someone suggested I had a voice friend. I was like, no, I don't like my voice. What are you talking about? But I tried it. And I got a good response from the closed group. And then I was thinking, okay, well, these are people who've paid for this. Yeah. And there are certain kind of people. Let me see if the rest of the world kind of feels the same way. Mm -hmm. And what I found was I, I took a leap and I published on Insight Timer. I have about eight meditations up on Insight Timer, um, which I'm very, very grateful for. They are very thorough. They don't just like let anybody, they go through your meditation and they will, um, what is that word? Approve it one by one. Mm -hmm. um, but the good news is I was able to go through thousands and thousands of, um, of comments. I was blown away. I didn't think people really meditated. And I mean, there's so many people on there that do guided meditations. I didn't think anyone would find me. But what I found was, like we talked about, everyone has their own way of doing things. Some people need you to say a couple words in the beginning, and then they need you to, to give them time to be quiet and then hit a gong at the end and they're good to go. Yeah. Some people need you to walk them through the emotions, get them to that place, and then they're good. So I had, you know, about, you know, I had, let's say out of a thousand, uh, you know, comments, maybe 900 of them were like, oh my God, this is a great meditation. And then I had the few that are like, oh my God, you said woman, is this not for men? I'm glad you caught that one part of the meditation and that was all you focused on, but that's okay too. Yeah. And then there were people that were like, you talk too much. Okay, cool that's cool too. So I know there's some people that need this and some people need that. 
but that was, there was a beauty in that. There was, there was an eye-opening moment where I know what I'm doing and the way I do it is very different from everybody else. I have been a yoga teacher for a long time, so I incorporate a little bit of yoga. I want to ground you. I want to make sure that you get out of your head and everything crazy that you've been thinking and you come back to your body and then you're in a space to meditate. That's part of the way I guide the meditation, but not everybody likes that. So, hey, Kesara, whatever works for you is yeah. good. Yeah, and knowing, I always tell people too, when it comes to meditation, it's, it's, it's no different than anything else. You have to find what works for you. There's no, yeah. I hear so many people that say, I just can't meditate. I just can't, I just can't, I just can't. You can, you just have yet to find that thing that works for you. For me, that when I listen to Tibetan bowls that are just singing bowls only, that I had to work my way to that. That's seven years of meditating to have yeah. to that point where I can just listen to only that. And I almost laughed to myself the other day when I had it playing because my husband's like, what is that sound? <laughs> he wasn't ready. Was he? Yeah, he's like, what is that sound? It's just like, you know, and he's like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's just, they're singing bowls. This one is just singing bowls only. And then yeah. when two weeks ago, I was driving to New York and it came on and I'm so used to the meditations that mm. when they come on, I'm, I don't, I don't skip the track because it just resonates with me and I just don't even, I don't even know. It's almost like I don't know they're playing. It's so, right. my friends were all like, I thought that was a motorcycle. <laughs> like, oh my God, what? Wait, a motorcycle, really? It was, um, it was like, it, I think it was a root chakra meditation. Okay. So and, the tone was, okay. Yeah, the tone was very low and the, the singing bowls and stuff like that. And they were just like, what? <laughs> That's funny. So you like Tibetan singing bowls. For me, it's solfeggio frequencies. So depending on the frequency or whatever, and it will just, uh, on a Saturday morning when I'm cleaning the house, I just had it playing in the background and my daughter would get up and she'd be like, hmm. and she'd keep on going like, okay, yeah. cool. It <laughs> I love, I really love all of it. I do Reiki healing waves. I do, it just depends on how I feel, but I love it all. But just knowing that yeah. I, I know that I had to work myself to finding what works for me, knowing what I like. Exactly listening exactly. to stuff and saying, I don't like that person's voice, or I don't like the way that sounds, that scares me, um, whatever it is, and just really finding something that works for me. Because like you said, I know that it's going to evolve into one of the best practices to use. Because yeah. we are a society that we keep going. And in our ability to keep going and being successful and making more money and buying nice cars and getting a new house and birthing kids and being a parent and trying to be the greatest parent in the world and all these millions of things that we do yes. stop. We don't right. stop. Right. And then we wonder why we're suffering and we wonder why we, we feel anxious and you know, so many people are suffering from anxiety and it's because of our inability to really pause, like really pause. The other benefit of meditation and what people don't realize, and we've been taught from a very young age, multitask, multitask, do it all, do it all. No, <laughs> because if you think about it, you can't do any one thing very, very well if you're doing it all at the same time. It's like a multivitamin. You have a little bit of that and a little bit of this, but it'll cover everything a little right. bit. Right. Not very well. Right. So, um, and you take that multivitamin, Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> so meditation is supposed to teach you to focus on yourself. The fact that you can say you sat down, you tried this and you tried that, you knew it didn't work. That is meditation in and of itself because you're yeah. paying attention to you. Yeah. You're exactly. giving attention to you. Mm -hmm. And we don't do that enough. That's why we suffer from anxiety. 
we put all of these like stresses on ourselves. We put all the expectations on ourselves. I have to accomplish this, 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 and this. Okay. Us as women, we know, right? When we go to bed, we should just go to bed. No, we want to make a list about tomorrow and what all we <laughs> accomplish tomorrow and maybe next week and all these things. So we never turn off because the internet connects us all. The cell phone is right in our hands as we sleep. Like there's no way to turn off unless you physically, consciously tell yourself to turn off. And that is as, that is as well a meditation practice. Yeah, for sure. And I And I totally can relate to that on many levels and even just that practice of self-care and self-love, right? Of knowing, you know what? I'm a little bit overwhelmed. I'm not going to take another call. I'm a little bit overwhelmed. I'm not going to pick up more hours. I'm a little, you know, just being aware of how you feel, you know, or even dealing with clients who are like, you know what? I love my dad. He kind of bothers me a little bit and I keep, you know, I don't want to go to his house and us just doing things that we don't want to do that don't make us happy, that don't energetically fulfill us, but we still keep pouring into that going back to what you said, the expectations and the unnecessary stresses and whatever we've built to become who we are today. And then not recognizing what those things are to be able to say, what am I really feeling and right. why am I feeling this way? Right. We only pay our attention to our feelings when it's like a major feeling. Like when you're very, very excited or very, very angry. Those little things, like you said, like you love your dad, but you don't want to go do this, but you do it anyway, but you don't realize you feel like uh, a little bit, yeah. a little bit. And yeah. then you do something else that makes you feel uh, a little bit more. And then like by the end of the day, you're like, oh my God, it was a terrible day. Yeah. But it wasn't, it was a little bit of this, 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 like piling on top. And we don't pay attention to those things we should. Yeah, and imagine how that. Because I mean, okay, as much as you love your dad, you don't. I mean, I'm sorry, I keep using that stupid (laughs) example, but whatever it is that you don't like doing, you keep doing it, but you don't realize that 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 energy can be felt by the other people as well. That they they feel like you don't really want to be there. Why are you here anyway? Like, then it becomes a moot point. You're not being the best that you can be in whatever the situation happens is. You know what I mean? Yeah, and totally. And no, it, I mean, that's just, it's such an evolution of life and life is such an evolution. And I think once we become more open to the processes of it, learning ourselves, really learning ourselves, I think. It's a different speed, completely different speed. It really speed. is. It really is. And, and that we'll kind of get into two more things, which we're going to talk a little bit about just the lessons for 2018. Because um, I know it's been some amazing lessons. I told you that. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Um, it was shared by girl, uh, girl CEO Inc. And she said, I think 20, I think 2018 tried to kill everyone. And I'm like, yes. Something like that. Yeah. (laughs) I feel, I feel spent. I feel like, I feel like I ran a damn marathon or a couple of them back to back. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think this is just such a great conversation because in the lessons that we learn, um, you know, it's, it's also learning to not be, and we both can resonate with this, not being or not having to learn through constant stressful lessons, right? And putting ourselves into situations where we have to learn values of self-worth, we have to learn um, time management, or we have to learn to one of my greatest lessons, and I, I really want to hear from you. I share, we're both a part of the American Real Live Tribe. I share today that my greatest, one of my greatest lessons for 2018 was to stop placing my worth into success. Stop placing my worth Mm -hmm. into doing. And to be able to recognize that 
you know, success, success is a byproduct of me being all I need to be, but it should not be the byproduct of feeling worthy of being me. Right. Right. If I go and I speak on TED Talks and I'm like, yes, I made it. I'm the best speaker ever. I should have that mentality always. Right. It's like Muhammad Ali. He wasn't the greatest when he said he was the greatest, but he talked to himself. He trained. He did everything necessary. Yep. Make sure that became a manifestation ahead of time, not afterwards. Right. So that was right. My greatest lessons mid-year. It happened like May, June-ish up until leading into that to where I felt that shift. Also, I did turn 30. So I think that helps. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you're like, I'm officially three zero. Um, But really just looking at myself and knowing that self worth is a soulful level thing and just knowing that I'm enough, I'm worthy. And will never it should never and will never equate to what I'm doing or not doing or the level of materialistic physical success that I see or don't see. So please share with us some Oh more- gosh. This is so embarrassing. These are things I should have learned a long time ago. But yeah, I'm a slow learner, what can I say? Um okay, first of all putting myself first was a major situation for me because like we talked about earlier because we had a sidebar conversation before we started this. Um, <laughs> honestly, um, I have trouble putting myself first. I think it's a mom thing. I am a martyr. I will put everyone else first. I will take care of, you know, the burning building and everyone inside of it. And then we'll talk about me later if I, if I think about it. But that can't be the same. I'm sorry? Would you say that's a woman? That's a female? Like, I, um, I think it's the way we're raised to be. Yeah. Um, Totally. Because the man provides for the house and the women provide for the people in it. I think it's just the way we're raised yeah. to be. Like the, the ideas that are put into our heads at a young age with the cartoons and the marketing and the, you know, the, the TV, stuff, all of that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of feel like um, I learned to say yes to me. Mm-hmm. Even though you've told me this for years, uh, other friends have told me this for years, it finally sank in and I finally made myself a priority because I felt like I was lashing out at people when I did not put myself first. They can't, I can't blame them when I get like, it's not their fault when I get mad. It's my fault. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing. I'm in my head all the time. I know what I'm doing. And if I'm going to put other people's projects first and then get pissed off that my work isn't getting done, that's totally on me. I have no right to lash out at them. Yeah. And lashing out of them destroys relationships and it gives them a bad vibe about me. Like there's so much destruction when there's ego involved. Yes. So why not put myself first? Like as in me spiritually, emotionally, physically first so that I create that space where I am loving going forward. That was major. I mean, I know it on and off. We, we get into moods where we're like, yes, put myself first. And then you kind of like get swept up with life and everything that, that happens is just the way it is. But this time it was, it's a commitment. Um, part of that also means that I need to stop using whatever relationship relationships are in my life to push me forward. I don't have to be in competition with everybody. I have a problem with that. Um, I don't have to build their business for me to be successful. Yeah, okay, I I want to. It's a a great friend thing, but that's not who I am, essentially. I'm not here for you. 
suddenly I, I lose myself in that friendship or in that relationship or in that person. And then I'm back to hating myself because I didn't take time for me. That's all me. I create those. It's almost like 2018 reminded me of why I left my husband in the first place. Because there were so many little relationships along the way that I was losing myself and happily losing myself. And I had thrown myself in front of them and be like, yes, I will do all these things for you, but just do it for me. It, this is me. This is my life. And they're not going to pick up and be me. I got to do that. So it was a very big state of becoming. Oh, Michelle Obama's book, very, very apt for 2018. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And I think it's, I think when we hear selfishness and part of self-love, it's, it's an adjustment. That adjustment of putting yourself first will take you through years and years of conditioning from your family, from the world, from even who we say we are, right? When you're like, yeah. I'm just loyal, you're loyal to the death, right? Of yourself, right? And what feels right. Better? What feels better to me, like you said, to create that space for myself that I'm pouring from a cup that is not empty. And I always tell people the way that God works, we are limitless and it's shown through yes. what we do. And we're so limitless that we could have, we can do what Jesus did and turn uh, wine, water into wine because we turn nothing feeling like we're empty inside into things we could have a cup that is completely empty but still manage to show up for other people that's amazing that's an amazing thing that we do but it does not feel good you feel it no. yourself we begin to cope we begin to lean into different things sometimes very unhealthy things may that be relationships may that be alcohol may that be drugs may that be shopping, whatever it is, whatever that vice may be, we begin to lean into different things. Um, and even just saying, well, that's just the way that I am. I'm just a giver. Like I have, I, ha I love my brother to death. My oldest brother, he is a giver to the death. And it's, I, I learned from him that it has to be proportionate. It has to be me. Yes. Um, an overflowing cup. It has to be me giving what I do have to give. Exactly. I'm not talking about physical things like, you know, giving to the needy or giving to the poor. I think there's many different lessons in there, but um, just the way we've conditioned ourselves, like you said, to really just continuously show up for other people or um, not put ourselves first and then find yourself at the end of the day, you're spent, you have nothing left for you. That's not a great feeling. And do no, it over not. and over again, over and over again over and over again and having to learn the lesson. It's not about the people. It's not about the situations that bring you to that point. It's more about, okay, will you put yourself first? And I think an analogy that I always use is how can you save people when you're drowning? Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, all of us kind of scoff at the idea of, you know, the, the airplane situation where if the oxygen mask comes down, you know, put it on yourself first before you save somebody else because you can't, you can't save anyone else if you're half dead. You know what I mean? No, so I, <laughs> we laugh at that, but it's, it's very true. And even then, like I, in the back of my mind was like, no, I put it on my daughter. No, I, I can't help her if I'm not here. Exactly. I can't teach her if I'm not here. Exactly. It's very real for me. Um, and, and with that comes this, um, this rhetoric where you play in the back of your head. It's like, 
I'm there for here, this person, I'm there for that person, and no one's here for me. Yeah, but I don't give anyone that space either. Right. I don't allow anyone to come near me either. I don't open up and tell anybody I need help either. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very eye-opening thing for me because as much as I am there for everybody else and as much as I am a coach, yes, we are all evolving. We don't have it all together all the time. But it's easier for us to identify those situations outside of ourselves. So what I'm realizing a lot is the emotional guidance that I offer everybody else, I need that for myself sometimes too. Absolutely. I need to make sure that I check my emotions every day. I need to make sure that when I wake up, the first thing I think about is how grateful I am and not the millions of things I have to do, which that is also a reach sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a balance. You know, I think one of the things that I've been noting is that there's ebbs and flows of life, right? And there's that time when you need to put in the work, building your business, doing the different things you need to do, but creating a balance, knowing you have a daily ritualistic balance of how you operate, right? What you're doing. I'm doing, you know, when I was doing an event, I physically got sick for 18 hours before that, a week before that, thank God. And it was a signal to me less about it is the season to be sick than it was. You need to take care of yourself. You're not, you're with child. You're going, going, going every day. And I literally said that night, I was on the phone with my friend that day. So I got sick going into that very early morning that next day. I said, I cannot afford to be sick. Right. Literally, those were my words. They said, I cannot afford to be sick as I was doing too much, as my legs started to hurt and and throb, and I felt those pains and I pushed through them, but I should have been sitting down. I should have been not doing anything. So it's that, that balance of knowing when to put in the work and even in when you're putting in the work to still create a daily ritualistic balance of like you said earlier, knowing yourself and paying attention to your body cues, your emotional cues. Exactly. I was just about to say that. <laughs> yeah, that because your body was telling you, hey, slow down, slow down, slow down. It was. I just <clears throat> said that literally yesterday. And I'm towards the end of my pregnancy, you guys. So if there's any mommies out there, you know that that last month and a half to two months yep. is a little treacherous, <laughs> just a little bit. You know, I'm smiling during the day, but he has his period of kicking from like nine to, to 10 that it's just, it feels like Muhammad Ali punches. And um, yesterday I just, I didn't eat well. I was just going and went from one call to the next call. And um, I didn't, I didn't, like I said, I didn't eat good. And I missed my daughter's bus. Oh gosh. And now they, they know I'm home now. They usually they'll keep them on the bus and bring them back around and they'll call me like, Hey, we tried to drop your kids off. You weren't there. Um, so they know I'm always home. So I hear ring, 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 ring. And it literally was a period of like five minutes of me dozing off, but I had sat down and my body just gave oh. up. My body just was like, I cannot, you know, and I'm, it's, it you like scared me because hear my doorbells ringing and I'm like, and I'm just like giving them hugs and kisses. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, Aww. you know, and I think it's, it's a, it's a process of not that I don't give to myself, but knowing even for me, I have quirks and I have, you know, I'd rather clean at night than to wake up and have to clean the house. Of course. 
right? There's just like certain yep. things that I would prefer to do. But then again, I have to take into account, I am eight months pregnant. <laughs> I have three other children, right? There's a yep. many other things happening. I'm rounding up my business for the year. I'm doing all these other things. So I do need to create a balance. Like when I get off this call with you, I'm going to go take a walk outside because I need some fresh air <laughs> and okay. I feel a little bit active. So there's like little things that I'm like reminding myself to pay attention. And this is a constant evolution and it's a constant self-awareness tool and technique is to keep talking to yourself and listening, but do the thing you need to do. But that's also putting yourself first. It's yeah. the little thing. It's not about, you know, pampering yourself in a spa day every time. It's if I feel like having ice cream because I had a rough day, that's, yeah, that's pampering me one time. Um, if you want to go for a walk after this call, that's pampering you yeah. one time. You know, just wherever you can find little pockets to put yourself first because those little things really do add up. Just like the little things that irritate you add up, the little things that make you feel good add up. Yes, they, do. they help you pace a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that so much. I love that you said that because it's, it's, it is tiny things. And I think once we learn to do it and we learn that lesson, like you said, of putting ourselves first and you begin to do it and you begin to just test out those little, those little uncomfortable phases of putting yourself first, then you, it's, it's like the cause and effect of what feels good, right? We love what feels good. We love to avoid pain. So when it feels good and you're like, oh, we're going to go back to the father going to dad's house. I didn't go to dad's house and I did what I wanted to do. And not that I don't love my dad, but I will be more loving. I will be more fulfilled when I go to that space, when I'm in a space to be my yes. best self. When you're ready. Yes, exactly. So right. <laughs> funnily enough, I'm a workaholic. When I was working at a job, I would eat at my desk and I would not take a break. And you know what? When I work for myself, damn it, I take a break. I watch a movie while I have lunch because I can. And it makes me feel good. And a lot of times when I'm away from my work, I get more inspiration. You do. So it's little things, you guys, little things. Yeah. And your emotions are the key to all of that. Mm -hmm. You feel a certain way for a reason. Absolutely. Give me one more lesson you had for 2018. <laughs> mm, another lesson, another lesson. That's okay. I won't pull it out of you. Cause honestly, I do feel like l loving yourself and putting yourself <laughs> because like, don't make me go there. <laughs> no, it's like, I'm trying to think like, I think everything kind of revolved around putting myself first because no, you're right. I don't. We were talking about writing for my website. I don't like writing for my website. Why? Because I don't feel good about it. Damn it. But I know I, I bring value. I do. I know I bring value. Yeah. But sometimes I need conversations like this and I need to get out of my head and do some of my coaching work to remember, yeah, you know what? That didn't take a lot of effort, but you suffered a lot to get to this place to be able to tell somebody else, it's okay. You can do this instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the more that I learn just from really great people and I dive into great books and even just more of myself and understanding the greatness of what who we really are. Like there was this post I saw today that said, um, no matter how broken your mind is, you're, you're always whole. Your soul is yes. a whole being, right? It's just yes. your soul becomes fractions where your mind is in the past. Your mind is projecting to where it needs to be in the future, comparing where it is now, not being happy with where you are saying, I'm too old. I should have been here. All these different things that we're doing within one vessel that we have 
that separates us into these different fractions of just what we are not um, and really just learning through life to just keep reining that into I am more than enough. No, I am more than enough. I am more than enough. I am in really just embracing that, um, totally getting into your lesson of putting yourself first. And for me, it was that lesson. And I'm sure, and I, I love that you brought up divorcing your husband because I, I know that there are, there are pillar life lessons or catapulting moments, some, some people call them, that create like that pillar of remembrance where you have to yeah. go back and, and, it's, and, it, and it's, always a, it's always many years, like for me, it would be going through the situation of being raped and held hostage, less about the situation, more about what I felt in that moment. Yes. Never <clears throat> appreciate. There are triggers that will put you back in that space. Yeah, value yourself you know, and just all the amazing things that I was able to do after that situation because of the situation, because of yes. what, where it had propelled me to go, right? And then life goes on. You have, like you said, life happens. And then there's those little moments that take me to not the, not the memory and the bad of it, but the great mm -hmm. wisdom of like, you learn this already. Yes. You learn this yes. already. You know this already. Do not cut yourself short. Do not keep telling yourself that you need to do this one other thing in order to feel better, that to value yourself a little bit more, to charge more for your services, to speak at, apply to speak at bigger events, whatever it is, that you are enough now and forever. But it really comes down to our own self-belief in that. We are whole. You, you mentioned it earlier. We are infinite. We are infinite beings in a physical body and we are whole. Our soul knows that. Our ego likes to play tricks and likes to get distracted. I think a lot of it is another lesson, I guess, for 2018 would be to watch that dialogue inside of your head. Yeah. We can tell ourselves all kinds of stories, but at the end of the day, if you find yourself in a quiet place, you're usually content. Yeah. When it's quiet, when, when everything is done for the day, usually, if you find yourself in any of those, you know, like, when you're by yourself, there's no noise, there's no distractions, you're happy. You're just generally happy. Why? Because your soul is happy. We just tell ourselves silly stories and, you know, keep ourselves down a lot. We, there's, I am very guilty of this. I am single at the moment. I've been single for a while. I think I'm phenomenal, but I have a habit of telling myself, well, who would be game enough to date me? Mm -hmm. Who would be willing enough to date me? And my, it's not just me, it's me and my daughter. And to be able to even say that is very self-deprecating. I am making myself smaller than I should be. Yeah. It's not about whether they're willing or not. I'm sure they are, but I'm probably pretty scary too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And even if you are just changing that dialogue to a supporting one um, and just catching yourself, like I always, when I go through, uh, you know, limiting beliefs and I call them defining beliefs because I think it sounds, when you learn about defining is anything that defines who you are. And that's the many things. Defining who you are can be, I'm, I'm a single mother and I have a child and I have I'm quite feisty, right? And that defines who you are. But instead of allowing it to be that pedestal that you put yourself on, it becomes this unreachable pedestal of attainment that now you're, you're, you're making, you're turning and twisting it into a way of how could someone reach that? Exactly. But that's, a, that's also, it feeds into that infinite thing. 
that title of mom is one tiny piece of who I am. Yeah. The title of sister, mom, female, all of the, that's a tiny piece of who we are. There's yeah. so much more to us. And yeah, I might be feisty today, but tomorrow I might be very, very calm. And the day after I may be very bold. And the day after that, I may decide to be very class. I mean, it could be a million different. I am so many millions of different things in any part of my day that I need to remember that I am yeah. limitless. I am all of those things all the time at the same moment. Yeah. I have the ability to be all those things. Yes, 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 yes. And inner dialogue. I mean, if there's one thing that's extremely unhealthy for us, it's the inner dialogue because it controls everything else. Even so And for me as a coach, that's something I am trying really hard to change. Yeah. And it, that's what I want my clients to know. Yeah. And I think too, just to touch on, being a coach, you know, being a coach, the mastery of a coach, guru, whomever becomes a master of self is that self-awareness of where you need to work on mm-hmm. and, and being willing to apply it every day and being willing to not pick yourself apart with vengeance and anger and uh, animosity and you know, just being upset with yourself for not being your fullest potential every single day, waking of your life, but to say, you know what, I'm gonna try again today. I'm gonna be a little bit yes. more I'm gonna do a little bit better. And if I don't, all right, I have tomorrow. I'm not gonna beat myself up for yesterday. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna let go. Um, and really learning how to apply those, your own practices to yourself. I talk to many coaches and some of the best coaches that I love, that I look up to, Brendan Bouchard. He talked about learning, learning his lessons for 2018, right? Mm-hmm. He is massively successful. Just because you're successful or just because you can coach others does not mean you have, you have like reached the pinnacle of, of life. And one of right. his coaches, she said to me, you know what? For any of you guys out there that are, that are thinking about being a coach or you want to help people or you want to reach people, just remember that. There's always someone, just to talk about levels, and when I talk about levels, to me, it's more of an energetic and understanding and perceptive thing, not levels as in someone's less than. But if right. you're on a level two, and you're rating yourself, and you say, I'm, I'm about a level two, but I really want to help people, I really want to do this, I really want to do that. There are people who are at one. There are people who are at zero. There are people who are at negative one. There are people who are at negative 10 that you are meant to serve at that moment. And as you mm-hmm. move up and as you go to a five, now there's four, three, two, one, zero and under as you are mm-hmm. at, a, you know, whatever number you want to max, whatever, you know, you could go on and on with the number thing, but knowing that, you know, there are levels to life. There are learning levels and perspective. And as a coach, we are at this, we're doing the same thing. And the more that we help people, the more we learn even about ourselves, which is kind of the right. thing that never stops giving that makes me just love coaching. And love I think Tony Robbins even said that, you know, he's constantly learning. He's not done evolving, but whatever he has and whatever he's mastered, he's happy to, ch- uh, to teach and to lift people along with him. So that's what we're doing too. The best thing we can do as coaches is to teach you what we've learned and mastered. Mm-hmm. To share it, just just share it. And maybe you've tried this ten thousand times, and maybe I just happen to have the anecdote that gives you that aha moment. You're like, "Damn, I never thought of it that way." And then it makes sense, and then you can apply it. That's all it is. You find that one person or the few people that you need to talk to to help you reach for a better version of yourself. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And that to me is women empowerment, honestly. It's being able to pass on that torch, to willingly pass on that torch, um, and to really just create that balance of giving, right? When we give through our videos and the free content or just writing a blog post uh, instead of a caption, um, right. underneath our post, you know, it's that giving of ourselves and that giving of knowledge and knowing that we're not here to be perfect. And like you said, yeah. in the very beginning, the thing that we are here for is to be authentic, to be authentic and to really discover, discover self-discovery, which is lifelong, discover who we are by subtracting what we're not. Cause I think if and you I think go ahead, it was, it was like the hardest thing ever for me, but what finally clicked and allowed me to just be happy with who I am is nobody else can be me. There is no limited edition. That, that means that people say limited edition. They don't realize that that means that there's more than them. No, there's just me. No mm-hmm. one else has lived my life. No one else thinks the way I do. There are people that have been through rape that don't think the way you do. Mm-hmm. They're still in victim mentality. You know what I mean? So if I can find my way out of it, and there are certain things that I go to and use over and over again to find my way out of it. Why not share? There's enough light out there for all of us to be exactly who we need to be. And finally, for me to, to accept all of the moving and shaking that I did throughout my, throughout my life so far, every mistake, everything that I've ever done, it's all leading up to something. And I'm happy to be able to share that with you. There's nothing that that's happened in my life that I would ever hide. There's no reason to, I am proud of all of it. So I'm not so proud of, but I accept that that was part of who I am, part of my, my, my path basically. Mm -hmm. So if I don't have to be any more than me, why not? What is there left to, you know, there's nothing left to, to aspire to be. I don't have to be Tony Robbins. I have to be me. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be, Eb Tatora, I could be me. Mm-hmm. I'm just as good as you are. You're just as good as I am. We're all meant to teach somebody else. Mm-hmm. We're meant to give of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beauty of life. And I think when people look at the internet, that's the beauty of what it has done for us. That's the beauty of how it's connected us. I think depending on who you follow, some people you need probably need to unfollow as an action plan. <laughs> Because we need to really focus on the expansion of who we are yeah, and the expansion of really being able to believe that life is easy, that we are limitless, that we control our reality, that, you know, healing is simply a, a means to unleashing our full potential. Because when you're yeah. not healed, you're telling your dot, your inner dialogue is just a victim, like you said, victim mentality. It's a victim yeah. and it feels bad for itself. And it's a, it's a little girl. It's a little girl trying to help herself cope. Meanwhile, many of us are in adult bodies. Yeah. Yeah. So I just love everything you've brought to the table today. I'm totally looking forward to your 2019 journey. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. Totally I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Me too. And forever. And really just um, the continuation of really empowering each other through these type of conversations, mm-hmm. through sharing our gifts with the world, whatever that may be. Do not doubt your gift. Everyone has a gift. I'm just speaking to the audience here. You have a gift. <laughs> um, and really just knowing and, and, and knowing that life is a process and that you don't have to have it all together all the time, 24-7. And that's just the beauty of life. That's the beauty of learning. Yeah. 
self-awareness and self-awareness tools are what can help us really expand on gravitating towards the things that will help us change opposed to the things that will hinder growth or having exactly. too, too many life lessons in a year. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. I just thank you so much for your time. Um, if you guys thank you for having me on again, thank you. If you're seeking um, a coach who deals with emotional intelligence and the specialties that Pika brings to the table. Um, just let us know where we can find you. I know you have a website that will be launching soon. So I want you guys to make sure you follow her on Instagram and Facebook and wherever else you've got going on. Just let us know where to find you. Yeah. So um, to be very honest, I'm very grateful that I was able to find my brand name available on most every platform. So if you search Rasat1, R-A-S-A-T-H-1, uh, you can find me on um on Instagram, definitely on Pinterest, on YouTube, on um, SoundCloud, Facebook, pretty much everywhere. My website is actually rasat1.com. It is up, but it's evolving at the moment. So you will see a lot of changes here in the next week or so. And um, it will be finalized, I guess is the, the best word. It's live already, but it will be finalized in um, before 2019 so very excited about that because this is this is round two of this website as as any of you who have had websites before know uh the first one probably isn't where you're going to end up forever you'll eventually change it as you grow and evolve and um, i'm actually really grateful to be able to try and do all of this on my own so with the support of beautiful beautiful people like queens recognize queens and um yeah i'm 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 glad i'm glad we are friends i'm glad we actually know each other Agreed. Agreed. And for those of you listening out there, y'all are my friends too. <laughs> I love your feedback. I love when you guys tag me on your posts and let me know that you're listening to the podcast. That means the world to me. Your payment for this podcast will be you rating it as well as reviewing it. I love your feedback. Feel free to reach out to myself at any time as well as Pika or any of the guests that you've heard. Um, it's our goal to just keep bringing you soul chats and conversations that help and propel you into your most greatest potential of the queen that you are. Thank you so much for being here today, Pika. And thank you so much to this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Y'all take care. Thank you for tuning into soul chat with your host, Ebony Tatora. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, leave a review, and if you love it, share it with your friends. And make sure you join us next week for another conversation with your soul, bringing you thought-provoking conversations that require you to look a little bit deeper than the surface.